0: Welcome to Peds in a Podcast, where our team of specialists shares with you tips on all things health and development for your little ones. My name is Leanne Tran and I'm one of the psychologists here at Peds in a Pod. Today's episode is based on a question from one of our paediatricians. He says that parents often ask about hypermobility. So, we've brought in our paediatric physiotherapist, Lisa Blackburn, to tell us all about it. We hope you find it useful. Thanks for joining me again today, Lisa. Thank you. Um, So, today we're talking about hypermobility. Um, I wondered, so this is a question that came from one of our paediatricians, because he was saying that lots of times families... um, ask about this kind of topic so we thought we'd bring in the expert to answer the question (laughs) first of all what what does hypermobility mean yeah so
1: i guess hypermobility in itself just means increased range of motion of a joint okay so um you know if you're moving your elbow um in normal anatomical terms you know the elbow should have we know it has a particular range of motion. Right. Hypermobility means it's got more than that
0: expected range of motion. Okay. That we would expect. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, how? So, first of all, I guess how common is it in kids? Uh, couldn't really tell you the percentage. I do see a lot of it
1: in here, obviously, yeah. um, in clinic, um, and it and it can vary. So, hypermobility itself, like. You know, you could just have one or two hypermobile joints okay. or one hypermobile joint, but then you can also have um, hypermobility, um, like a syndrome, which is actually where the majority of your joints are hypermobile. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's where we um, use scales and things to work out and specific particular assessments to work out where someone might fit on okay. that scale. Sure. Um, in children the hypermobility scales we use, we don't actually have a specific paediatric scale that right. we use. Um, so we do use an adult scale um, and then kind of adjust that slightly for a child. Mm.
0: Yeah. Okay. And and how does it kind of impact on kids when they're hypermobile?
1: Yeah. So it can, once again, impact them on different ways. Um, so with hypermobility, in it, if we just go back a little bit in itself, so, you know, you could have... A child who has a little bit of hypermobility or is really super flexible like Mm -hmm. really bendy so obviously the more flexible you are um you probably will have more difficulty with controlling your movements in that way so uh what i might just explain a little bit just may help understand a little bit. Yeah. So if we think of a joint, so a joint is made by two bones, which mm-hmm. is then connected by a ligament. Mm-hmm. The ligament is connective tissue. Okay. Um, and so when we have a hypermobile joint, it's the connective tissue that is stretchier. Right. More than normal. Okay. Okay. So there's a difference in the the makeup of the connective tissue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that is that child's makeup, genetic makeup. So we can't actually change that. Tissue.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so they will always have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the joint moves, obviously, as a joint moves, the ligament is there to, you know, control the movement right. and to bring it back or to stop it, you know, just your hand kind of falling off your wrist. Sure. That's what it's there for. But when we're, um, and what it does also is the tension developed in that ligament gives our brain feedback to the position of our joint okay okay so if you think of an elastic band Mm. and you're stretching an elastic band and you can feel that tension so without even looking at the elastic band you can feel it you can feel how tight that band is yeah so that's what our ligaments are basically like in our joints they're like those elastic bands Mm. and they give our brain a sense of that tightness at that joint and therefore also a sense of where the position of the joint is right so it's our joint position awareness that it's important for therefore if you've got hypermobility or hypermobile joint and it has a lot more movement, there's a lot less tension, okay? Mm. There's less tension created. So the feedback that my brain's getting about that joint position awareness is a lot less. Right. So in children who might have a lot of, you know, have hypermobility or significant hypermobility is they'll often have what we call poor proprioception or poor body awareness. Mm. And that just means when they don't use their eyes, Like, you know, if I'm walking along and I look at something and I'm relying on the feel of my body as to where I'm placing my feet, because I'm stretchier and I don't have that tension in those ligaments, I can't actually feel where I'm exactly placing my feet or what my ankles are doing. So I might roll my ankles more. I might have more clumsier movements because I've got less control because I just can't feel what it's like. Um, It's also hard to, you know, for both sides of the body, like if – one side might be doing something, one thing, and the other side's doing something different because it just doesn't feel. I can't feel what that feels like. So, yep. body awareness is a huge thing. So, often mm. hypermobility in children will look like, um, you know, clumsiness, poor right. coordination. Um, they might just have like lots of tripping over all the time or run into things just because mm. they're not aware of it. Is often what we'll what we'll see. Um, they're also at higher risk of dislocations and. Okay. things like that, um, just because obviously the the structure of the joint isn't as stable, so it can just pop out.
0: Yeah. So they're probably the main things you would see Mm. with hypermobility. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that was a really great description because as you were speaking, I I had a few thoughts or comments pop up into my head and then you answered each one. Okay, great. (laughs) Really helpful. So because it's not – so it's the ligament that's kind of – or stretchier, but also doesn't set... So it's the message, uh, missing the message to our brain. Yeah, that's it. Yes. So you mentioned that then kids might, um, with that proprioception difficulty, kind of have trouble with um, things like rolling their ankles and stuff. And um, does how does it affect, you know, how they go about exercise and movement?
1: Yeah, so for some kids, it can also affect things like... um, you know the the planning of movement so working out where to position their body so for example we're trying to do a star jump um Mm. so because i can't feel it then i might not place my body in the right position or if i'm trying to catch a ball so often what will happen if um in younger kids if we're learning things like catching a ball because obviously my eyes are focused on the ball if i'm looking at the ball but i can't actually feel where the position of my hands are Right. So I don't get them in the right position or what will happen is I stop looking at the ball and I look at my hands to get in the right position and the ball hits me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, they tend to want to rely on vision a lot more. So yes. then any kind of task that – requires vision more yeah can be impacted yeah because they're often you know working between the two yeah, because they don't have that feeling of body position yeah so they yeah. yeah and even things like handwriting so handwriting is a big one in um school age kids so okay. you'll get the kids because they can't feel um the position of their fingers on the pencil or how to form the letters they, they you know don't have that feeling they're often looking at their fingers or they might press really hard mm, on the pencil the to get the feedback for, yeah. yeah so You'll find that with kids too with hypermobility, is often they'll do things with a lot more pressure. So they can be the kids that press hard on pencils or break pencils. They might slam doors without realizing they're slamming a door, hit Mm. animals really hard, like when they're catting them. Um, Yeah. Siblings. Siblings, siblings. (laughs) Siblings, yes, yeah. Um, Stomping, you know, be really loud, slapping their feet when they walk. Um, The kids that run their fingers along walls. Mm, Okay. So they tend to seek information from other things because right. their body isn't giving them what they need yeah so they will seek external information
0: yeah to okay. help with that that's yeah. interesting hmm. so then when we think about because you mentioned before that the ligament is um you know that it's stretchy that's kind of part of the genetic makeup and it's not really something that you can strengthen or change yeah um then how does it is there an impact on the other parts of the child's body, like their muscles or that kind of thing? And and what can um, physios or parents do to help their kids manage this?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, often lots of different things can happen, but I guess depending on what joints are affected, mm. um, for example, you know, if it's the knees or the elbows, um, often kids will, and you especially see this in babies when they're first learning to to stand and, you know, go from four point kneeling up to to two point um on their feet because they are more unstable in their knee joints they will tend to lock into their joints so they will lock right into the end of the range which is like hyperextension right so the joint is basically giving them the stability
0: yes um
1: because they don't have that ligamentous control um But the issue with that then is obviously they're kind of stuck in that position. So then Mm. to unlock they don't have any control. So it's really um, working, I guess, helping parents help the child to – work the muscles around those joints mm. and to get those muscles activated that we need to help control the movement so learning what that feels like what where normal range should be for certain positions that we use and can we get the right activation and can we strengthen the muscles around that area yeah to you know give us the stability that we need so we're not locking into end mm. of range all the time and that you know that's improving that body awareness as well sure. and that patterning that we use
0: yeah yeah i think you've maybe it was you described it to me before too was that if if kids are locking their joints when they're standing or even on um you know that four point kneeling in the ground then all the bones are kind of doing the work to yeah to keep that position or straight and so the muscles aren't working yeah so so they're
1: using the the uh, bone structure bony structure Mm -hmm. i guess you know in that closed what we call closed packed position so you know the joints just right end of range um to kind of Lock themselves in, yeah, but not really using the the muscle activation around it. Um, so that's why, yeah, it's it's kind of learning how to control in the range that we that we need.
0: Yeah, so using the muscles yeah.
1: and so we're functional. functional. This, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So because often that can change their movement patterns. So you know the way they walk or things they do just because they haven't developed those movement patterns.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I guess we, you know, this this is not a, a simple thing. Whereas, um, you know, perhaps encouraging movement and providing opportunities for development is something most parents can do at home. Would you typically recommend where kids are hypermobile and having these kind of difficulties that they do see um, a physio to to get some advice about how to manage?
1: Yeah. So as I, I guess as I said earlier, because it can be. Um, you know, hypermobility itself is a a bit of a spectrum, as in it can be mild to severe. Um, I guess if you do have concerns or noticing any of those things, um, I would recommend, you know, seeing someone just to get it checked to have a look at which joints Mm -hmm. are affected and, and having a look, well, is there a functional impact on it? So things we tend to look at is, you know, is there an effect on function and do we have any pain Sure, are the main things that we would look at. Because um, for some kids, they can have hypermobility, but because they've got great muscular control and strength, mm. you know, they, they function very, very well. Yeah. Um, so it is really, can be really individual. Um, but, yeah, definitely getting assessed by someone, having a look at function, obviously having a look at where they are with their motor skills. Is yeah. it impacting on motor skills balance, those kind of things? I mm. mean, um, are we getting any pain um, or, you know, are we at risk of developing pain or poorer function because of, before because of those things Um, and then working out a bit of a, you know, specific program or what that might look like for that child, which can be very individual, obviously. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's great. Thanks so much for clearing that up for us. We'll have to get all our paediatricians to have a listen as well. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Peds in a Podcast. If you found listening to us useful, we have plenty of resources on our website, including blogs, articles and videos. If there's a topic not covered that you'd love to hear about, you can get in touch with us on our website. Visit us at pedsinapod.com.au.